I'm Nancy Showalter, and you're listening to Spirituality for the Politically Incorrect podcast. Welcome, all radical paradigm shifters and creative change makers. You who dare to create a better life and a better world, tap into the power that resides within you and use that power for constructive change. Hello and welcome to today's episode, Earth is a Schoolroom. You've probably heard that term, so let's explore what exactly does that mean. Well, Ricky Martin says, Life is like a great teacher. She will repeat the lesson until you learn. I think many of us have experienced that. Let us begin by looking at what is your purpose on Earth? I mean, why are we here? We were made in the image and likeness of God, so we come into the realm of time and space. So here we are. That's our soul's journey in the physical world is to master time and space. This includes fulfilling your unique reason for being, while at the same time you externalize those divine qualities that you were blessed with. In other words, just like there's not two uh, stars alike or two snowflakes exactly alike, even though we all have common traits and the attributes of God, that we are a unique expression of God and those attributes. So we come to earth, we're actually co-creators with God because we've been given free will. God has free will and he creates. So we have been given free will. And all that energy that flows from God within us and God above us, we have a choice as to how we use that energy. We have dominion over the earth. And you have a unique reason that only you can fulfill and nobody else. And of course, your ultimate purpose is to permanently reunite with God, the I Am Presence, in the ritual of the Ascension. So each moment, you constantly have the choice either to use the life force that flows from your God presence righteously or to misuse that light. And while there's an actual ritual in the higher dimensions of the spirit world for that final reunion, sending back to God, it's really a process, a continuous process of accelerating consciousness and making right choices. You either create constructive or destructive results. You either move forward towards your goal or you regress. There's really no standing still. The universe is dynamic and moving all the time. So this is the nature of the spiritual path in the ascending process. Moriai Yushiba, the founder of Aikido, says it in a beautiful way. You are here for no other purpose than to realize your inner divinity and manifest your innate enlightenment. Earth is a schoolroom where you experiment and learn. It's where you live out your plan for an incarnation that you created with your higher self and the spiritual masters who oversee that process prior to your birth. Who your parents are, where and when you're born, with whom you need to interact during the lifetime are all worked out prior to your birth. 
And these details are determined by several factors, including what you need to accomplish, because you have a specific purpose and mission for each lifetime, and what you need to master in that lifetime. Your particular environment is chosen by what will provide you the greatest opportunity to grow spiritually, to balance any negative karma, and to capitalize on your good karma. And because your unique plan is so dependent on certain timing of interacting with specific people, having specific opportunities, it's vital that this timing is not interrupted. Because it could be a long time before all the necessary persons and conditions are in place again for you to be born. Now, unfortunately, in these modern times, we find that souls waiting to embody can face a number of different obstacles to being born, to being born healthy, or to being born at all. We find that the number of women with opioid-related diagnoses documented at delivery increased by 131% from 2010 to 2017. And statistics also show that over 20,000 babies are born each year dependent on illegal and prescription drugs and suffer neonatal abstinence, a type of opiate withdrawal. That's the equivalent of one baby every 25 minutes. Think of how this impacts the divine plan for the incoming soul. But no doubt I think we'd all agree that the biggest obstacle to being born now is the moral acceptance and the legalization of abortion on demand. This is true in America and many other countries now as well. And even though Roe v. Wade has been overturned, there is still a tremendous push toward abortion up to the time of birth and even beyond when the baby is born live. Think of the legislation that has just passed in the House of Representatives in America. The legislation that was called the Born Alive Bill, meaning if a aborted baby is born alive, medical care would be given to that child because it's no longer part of the mother's body. So you can't say it's my body, my choice. It's for sure another living being. And the mother certainly does not have to choose to keep that baby. She can give the baby away. She never even has to see the baby. Can you imagine that out of 430 representatives, 210 voted against this bill. So it passed with 220 votes, but 210 voted against it. Is this where our country has come to? It's not just killing the baby in the womb. Now it's killing the baby after it's born. It's pretty amazing. Think of the impact when a soul has his or her life plan all outlined and everything's in place, and then the mother decides to abort the child's physical vehicle. Now, in addition to the trauma that the soul experienced by being killed in the womb, it could be many years, decades, or even longer that the soul would have the right conditions again in place to balance their karma and fulfill their divine plans. Or another option is, what about souls of great attainment who are meant to bring this earth into a new age of higher consciousness? And those souls are also denied entry to fulfill their plans and their purpose for being. 
You know, it's no mystery that physical birth is the only way any of us get here. We all arrive as helpless infants, totally depending on others for our very lives. This is true from the moment of conception in the womb until we're old enough to take care of ourselves. After I gave birth to my three sons, I realized, in reality, we hold a sacred trust with one another. We are given opportunity to live in the physical realm by two people, then we give others that same opportunity. Now, since we don't consciously remember being in the spiritual realms prior to our birth, we don't remember what it's like trying to be born. We lose that perspective once we're here. And think of it, this was a reality for Jesus also. He too was born of a mother. He was a helpless infant, and he had to be taken care of and protected until he could take care of himself. In fact, his parents had to flee for Jesus' life because Herod was so intent on destroying the Christ, the one who people were calling the Messiah and the King of the Jews. He ordered all babies up to the age of two years old to be murdered. Can you imagine the horror of babies being slaughtered as they were ripped from their mother's arms and the painful death these babies experienced? What about today when babies are being slaughtered as they are ripped from their mother's wombs and the painful death these babies also experience? The primary argument of those supporting abortion is that it's the mother's body and she can make the choice as to what she does with her own body. And this is true. A woman should be able to decide what she does with her own body. However, there are many reasons to believe that the fetus is not part of the mother's body, but an entirely separate being. I like the way it was reiterated in the article in Epic Pew by Ryan Mayer. It's entitled, Ten Reasons the Unborn is Not Part of a Woman's Body. So he has some compelling arguments. He says the unborn child has its own unique DNA and genetic makeup, separate from the mother's. The unborn child can also be of the opposite sex of the mother. The mother only has two arms and legs, but if the baby were part of her body, she would have four arms and four legs at around 12 weeks gestation. Also, if she's carrying a boy, she'd have male reproductive organs. He says it may be a single-celled individual called a zygote, but it is in fact a whole individual. Because, you know, living beings aren't constructed like someone assembling an inanimate object by assembling parts. Living beings develop. They grow. They're alive. He also refutes the argument that just because the baby is inside the mother for a period of time doesn't prove it's part of her body either. If that were the case, then we would be part of our car once we were inside of it. Now another objection is that the unborn child is not a human but a glob of tissue. And of course this argument is easily refuted with modern science. Nevertheless, it's still flouted by some. When you consider you could be fined up to $100,000 in a year in prison for killing sea turtle eggs, I contend that pro-abortionists do recognize that within the egg is life that they believe deserves to live. 
Many people argue also that abortion is not mentioned in the Bible. However, Jesus himself warned us about such offenses, which he said would come. He said, it is impossible, but that offenses will come. So he didn't have to outline everything that could be done to a child. He said, it is impossible, but that offenses will come, but woe unto him through whom they come. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. So offenses have come to the point where we even accept, some people even accept the killing of the child after it is born alive. So when we look at what abortion does to the soul trying to incarnate the trauma of the violent procedure, aborting of the soul's divine plan, that that individual is unique and separate from the mother's body, I believe abortion is seen for what it is, the taking of innocent life. And this taking of life creates karma that will have to be balanced in one way or another by all involved. Also to consider that national legalization of abortion as it was in Roe v. Wade also creates karma for the nation, which erodes its spiritual protection. I like to think of life about 100 or 200 years from now when people look back at this period of history and wonder what could we have been thinking to engage in such a barbaric practice? What could have possessed us to think that ripping a child from a woman's womb and killing it was natural and according to God's law? These are things to reflect upon and to look at the spiritual perspectives and ramifications of abortion and what it means to the unborn soul, what it may mean to you someday when you want to incarnate on this planet also. I will see you next week. Until then, keep an open mind, a generous heart, and a powerful spirit. Thank you for being with me today. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, download, and comment. I'd love to hear from you, and your support is much appreciated. And don't forget to go to theawakeningnow.com for free bonuses and information on my new book, You Were Born to Be a Christ, But You Were Taught You Are a Sinner. Awaken to who you really are. See you next week.